Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Own the Moment podcast. My name is TJ Lasig. I am your host here at OTM. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Justin Herzig. Justin, how are we doing tonight? Doing great. It's been an exciting uh, exciting NBA All-Star weekend. We've got excitement from Top Shot. Uh, it's, been, it's been fun, so I'm having a good time. Yeah, yeah, been been a lot going on here. Excited for the show tonight. We do have a special guest that is going to be joining us, hopefully very shortly. Um, we're, we're, we're waiting on his schedule to clear up, but he'll be joining us in a bit. But we wanted to, to get the show started for you guys. So how's, how's everyone doing tonight? We've got some folks watching in the chat. Really excited about tonight's show. I, I'm not going to, to spoil too much in terms of the guest, but really, really excited to have Jeremy on going to be a great discussion. Justin and I also just recorded at our strategy podcast for the week. We're not able to do it live, but that'll be dropping in the podcast stores likely sometime tomorrow. We just did a, a little bit of a summary of the recent events with the marketplace, did a deep dive into the rising stars, the seeing stars, talked about the concept of supply and demand and all the supply that has been added into the ecosystem over the past couple of days. So I thought that that was a, a pretty insightful show. We'll have that guy have that ready for you guys in the podcast stores and on YouTube tomorrow. In the meantime, you can go ahead, subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast. If you've been enjoying the contact content so far, please go ahead, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Also, we have added our Discord sign up into the details of the YouTube video. So if you are not a member of the Discord and are interested in getting on the wait list, you can go ahead and check that out and sign up there. We've got a, a lot of awesome content going on there, not just from the OTM team, but really from the Discord members themselves. And uh, I feel like Ju Justin and I are learning just as much as, as we are bringing to the people. And yes, let's let's talk about this CryptoPunk sale, Justin, that just happened. That's a, that's a great, great way to kick things off here. God, I want to want to help you out here a little, but holy cow! Uh, CryptoPunk just sold for seven point five million dollars, and uh, I was sorry if I can't. It, it might be a little blurry of an image, but that's how they were created. Um, but just absolutely insane. Um, and so we are an NFT pod, uh, you know, not just Top Shot. So I think it's worth kind of announcing this. Um, this tops the, as far as I know, the largest NFT sale, uh, overtaking the previous piece of digital art that went for around 6 million. Um, just insane. You got the black cap, you got the sunglasses, you got the pipe and smoke. It's a quality, quality crypto punk. Pretty, pretty, pretty wild. That that's, that's also only 7.5 million, man. I don't know if there's a better flex than, than owning a $7.5 million crypto punk and being able to make that your Twitter profile. I think that's, that's life goals of 2021 at this point. So uh, yeah, shout out to whoever the buyer was and curious to see the, I, I, I have not personally been in the crypto punk streets, unfortunately, a little bit out of my budget, but uh, definitely interested to see how this impacts the rest of the market. All righty, Justin, we have someone waiting in the wings here. Any final thoughts on the CryptoPunk before we bring in our special guest for this evening? I was about to go show a whole bunch of houses that also cost $7.5 million <laughs> to allow us to compare the two, but you guys can use your imagination. Yeah, yeah, you could buy a pretty pretty nice house with $7.5 I, I would think. But uh, all righty, so yeah, let's bring them on. Up, there guys? he is. Hello, hello. How are What's we up? doing, Jeremy? I I'm gonna give you a grand intro here in a in a moment, but welcome to the stream. Thanks for joining us. And yeah, uh, thank you, thank you. Sorry, I'm a bit late. Ah, no worries, no worries. We were just chatting about you know 7.5 million crypto punks. Just another just I another did. day in 2021. You know, that. just <laughs> crazy. What was, the, you what was the previous high? I wish. Um, I don't know. If I just had someone head, text but... me. I just had Peter. Yeah. Text me and be like, I think this that is a good sense. deal. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think like this one. is the one where they turned down offers of like three, four million over the past, you know, um, few weeks. And we've seen some others that have gotten up to that high. But uh, and it, it's such a great system as well. Um, just for you don't have to declare your price. You don't have to just kind of put it out there. You actually get bids, and you can determine like, okay, is this bid worth it? So it'll be interesting. Like. If you own that for 7.5, you just put that capital in, obviously, with ETH. Um, 
what do you say no to? Like if someone just comes in with nine, do you say, hey, I'll take that 1.5 mil or you just say, you know what? Now I know I made a great investment and I'm going to hold. Like it's it's crazy. Crazy. Pretty wild. TJ, give this man an introduction. Yes, yes. We got to introduce the man. I've got... This man has such an impressive resume that I've got bullet points, guys. I, I, this is this is the the extent that we have to go to. So allow me to introduce a man here that founded and sold Star Street, a man that founded and sold Draft. He is the founder and chairman of Underdog Sports. He is the founder and CEO of Good Spirits Lab, which is his tequila company that I am interested in learning more about. This is a man who has hosted parties at the Playboy Mansion, a man who is deep in the physical card streets, and of course, the owner of the number one Zion Williamson Hollow, which he purchased for 100K, sitting on a portfolio of top shots worth over a million dollars. It is Mr. Jeremy Levine. Jeremy, how are you doing this evening? That's probably the best intro I've ever had. So I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited. Uh, to be yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, always a fun conversation talking top shot and wherever that leads us. It's amazing. Like every conversation I'm in these days, top shot's a very big piece of it. It definitely is. I almost daily now, maybe every other day, my dad texts me like NFT talk on CNBC. And I'm like, get used to it. Cause you know, mm-hmm. I was, I think it was in January. I was, I was at, at my parents' house telling them about NFTs and they definitely thought I was crazy. And they're like, is, is my son losing it? What's going on? And now they're like seeing it and they're okay. Maybe, maybe he I, wasn't I, so I crazy. Said, <laughs> I sent my parents, I sent my parents the ESPN articles and my parents, the, uh, the piece of art I bought on Super Rare. I'm like, hey, I bought my first piece of art. And they're like, huh? <laughs> and which yeah. was that? Because I've seen a couple of your purchases on Super Rare, but um, where are some of those art pieces? This is one of the sports ones? Um, no, those were on Nifty. Um, this okay. isn't going to be the best way to show it necessarily, but I got it as my screensaver, so it's at least easy enough to get there. Um, that's okay. that step boy, which I think, is, I think is really fun and beautiful. So first piece of art I really ever purchased. Very cool. Very cool. And so, yeah, let's, uh, I mean, I guess first I, I know that, that you and Justin have a little bit of a, of a history here and that you guys have known each other for quite a while. So you could ju- just talk a little bit about how, how, when you and Justin met, how you guys got to know each other. And, you know, I, I think it dates back to the draft days, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. For sure. I don't remember the, how we first met i think it was just seeing a customer of ours who was in basically every draft and saying we should get to know this guy um so i don't remember the exact first moment but i mean it's something throughout building all the products we've built if we see someone who's a a heavy customer we want to we want to talk to them learn from them see what we can do to make our experience better so i think we just built a relationship that way justin i forget the first time we actually met or talked oh yeah darren uh darren Darren did the article with you yep yep and so that's how yeah yeah, and I got on the phone. Yep, right. And then you draft. The, you got the underdog see. shirt on? So, Look at that. Look at that. We're, we're, right. we're going to go. We're gonna, yeah, I, even got the, I got the draft, draft hat on, too. Wow. Come on. Yeah, we came, we came prepared. We came awesome. prepared here. We're ready to go. <laughs> Love it. Love it. My yeah. only gripe, though, my only gripe is that I live in Pennsylvania, Jeremy. I can't play on underdog. Come on, man. Come on. Oof, I'm sure I'm sure you would love for me to be able to play, but I had to at least give you a little been, bit of a hard time on that one. <laughs> we've gotta have been going through that process for nine, ten months at this point. Like insane. I had to fill out a form that was like every there were no background checks on all of us. I had to fill out a form that was like every transaction I ever made in my entire life, basically. It took me like weeks to fill out this form. So apparently they take things serious there. Um, I have to imagine we're getting coming soon but i also would have said that four or five months ago so i have no idea what's taking so long it's so interesting to me that a state like pennsylvania like we're one of the few states with legal online poker but yet we can't have underdog we can't have second half contests on fanduel or DraftKings. it's just it's really weird to me of like which you know where different states decide to draw the line and and where they apparently give companies like yours a hard time just just interesting our country's gambling laws are are all bizarre We, we know that for sure and uh, so with it closed, shout out to Jeremy actually putting him putting us in touch with his clothing guy, his uh, swag guy. So we will have some own the moment hats and shirts and everything going forward um, nice. because, I mean, these are just great quality. Um, good They're luck. The They're the best. I'm comfy, I got to admit. Good deal. All righty. So let's uh, let's go through through your journey a bit here. Gonna I know that we, we could ask you about a million different topics. Going to try to keep it you know, as top shot focused as possible, what are going to ask you about some of the other stuff. I think cool. first, 
want to learn a little bit about your your kind of early exploration in the physical sports card space because my understanding is that mm -hmm. prior to to the whole digital revolution that is upon us here that you've been pretty heavy in the the physical sports card street so you could talk a little bit about about what you've done in that area and kind of how you've transitioned to top shot or you know how you see the two industries working together going forward that kind of thing yeah for sure for sure um so i mean as a kid i was Sports cards were my favorite thing to do, right? It was, that was literally my favorite thing to do. I always wanted to go to the card shop wherever I was. Um, but I probably hadn't bought a card in 20 or so years. Um, and towards the tail end of the summer, I, a good friend of mine organized a Zoom. I got on the Zoom. It was with a bunch of card collectors. And I just had light bulbs going off in my head. Like, holy shit, this is something I got to get into. Um, I, got, I should invest in cards. I think they're all going to go up. I should invest in companies in the space. I've now invested in four or five um and i just kind of dove in really aggressively actually hired a full-time sports card assistant um and we've been buying cards um so it's interesting i probably entered like at a local high point probably like the worst time to enter over that three four month stretch because it was right before the start of football season and had had an initial approach like, can go get almost like fantasy with these right go get the kyler murray's and the jason tatum's and a lot have learned a lot over time and kind of change the way that I'm buying um, or continue to buy really heavily until about a month ago. Um, and so with, with my, with Alec, my sports card assistant, I'd normally wake up every morning to here's what's new on eBay, kind of just got posted to say search alerts every evening. It would be uh, here's, here's what's coming up for bidding. What do we want to bid on these? And that was both of those were always like, Oh, let's go after this. Let's go after that. Let's go after that. In the last month, it's been like, eh, eh. You know, like, I don't think we bought much in the last month. Definitely our slowest month since I got in. Um, and the market's been, I mean, it was obvious to me getting into it that so much was coming. Um, I knew that there were startups being built that were going to make the whole experience a lot better, right? 2M an investor in, or 3M an investor in, there's Starstock, Dibs, Alt. All of them removed so much friction from different pieces of experience. Um, encourage you to check all of those out. They really make card buying a lot better. Um, there, there was at that point, back then in summer, the, the cover, the media sucked, the data and tools sucked. They've gotten better and will continue to get better. Um, the experience of buying on eBay, I mean, this is something obviously talking about Top Shot, like it takes away all of this, which is part of why I think it's been able to grow so quick. You go to eBay, you got to be there a certain time. You got to figure out what you want to buy. There's 13,000 or 1,300 different Zion rookies. You got to figure out which one of those you want. Um, you got to find it. You got to bid on it. You got to hope that it's authentic. You got to hope if it's not graded, it's not damaged. You got to hope it gets to you not damaged. You got to get it in the mail. You got to get it and probably send it in for grading if it's not graded. You pay for the 10-day service and you get it back four months later. You hope you get a good grade. You put it back up on eBay. You got to deal with messages and buyers and you put it back in the mail when you sell it. And then you got to hope for 30 days or 60 days or whatever eBay's policy is that Zion doesn't get hurt because most buyers, if he does, will just do a refund. And eBay always gives the buyers the refund. Um, so it's just like, a, there's so much friction to that experience. Most of our dibs have done a really good job to remove that friction. Um, but so anyways, it became really apparent to me, hey, a lot of that was gonna get removed through startups. This, it was entering pop culture more and more and more. Um, and like more recently, I've been focused on buying kind of like the greats, right? I mean, it's funny that the best thing to have done from the point I started would have just been the simplest thing. It's buy the Jordan rookie. Right? Training and selling for about 50k when I just started, and I mean, at its peak, it sold for 720k. There's one up at auction right now on eBay, so we'll see kind of what it goes for. But it's kind of in the six, 700 range now. So it's funny that just the same thing would have been the best thing to do. But I've gotten some Muhammad Ali, Serena Williams, uh, PSA 10 of The Rock, and, and his kind of Miami uh, Bumblebee tuna card that's gone up a bunch, like stuff like that that I've been trending towards more recently. And it seems like, I mean, we'll jump a little more into the top shop, but you probably took that same, that, that what lesson from the MJ and probably just from a also time standpoint of I'm not in it right now from a, you know, time right. capital efficiency to really spend the time grinding. So you went okay. for just the higher price purchases, top of the market and expect that it's an investment in basically top shop. Totally. The, I mean, we'll talk about, we'll talk a lot about my top shot. Yeah. But like I'm planning on Holy Ghost forever. Right. At least that's the plan for now. Yeah. And yeah, it's funny. So I was probably at the beginning of COVID. I want to say March, April. Uh, Jeremy gives me a call and 
he's just like, hey, Justin, what do you know about the physical card market? And uh, I could just hear the level of excitement in your voice around it because it literally sounded like you had just spent the last two weeks in a library and like just came up for air from just like diving all in. And obviously, like, and that's exactly, I was up till five in the morning every night, like totally. It's exactly what I was doing. And I didn't jump in because, you know, I thought, hey, I was in the middle of, you know, doing DFS stuff, doing best ball and all. And I just felt that, you know, like I could sit at my phone and I could do all that and use my kind of player information knowledge and kind of can an edge. I didn't want to deal with the whole figuring out the eBay situation, the scams, the physical mail. Like I was actually at my parents' place because we were waiting to move into ours. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to send them here. And like, it actually led to, and so Jeremy and I were talking now, it's probably about four months ago, but it was beginning of December. And I said, hey, I'm starting a company. I'm going to start a company called Card Shares. And it's pretty very similar to the ones that Jeremy invested in. But the idea being, okay, there's just so much pain points in this market. Um, just the aspects of actually having to deal with the physical cards. And then it was also going to combine the idea of fractional investing. It was going to take into part the most exciting part of these cards are the actual card breaks, the actual opening of the packs and stuff. Even though it may not be a you know a positive expected value situation, it's the most fun. So like, how can we combine these? And halfway through, I'll actually let me pull up on my, I'll share my screen real quick. Um, but like, we had design. Ooh, that is spazzy. Hmm. There we go. That's there happened to me before too. It's a StreamYard thing. I don't know why it happens sometimes. <laughs> okay, let's try again. Okay, there we go. So actually built out like the design, had this started from like an engineering standpoint and middle of early early January, middle January, got in the top shot and realized, wow, everything that I'm trying to build for, all of these pain points that I'm trying to solve for, top shot just completely solves. The marketplace, right. the lack you know, the provenance, the actual proof of the authenticity to be able to see different pricing stuff, not having to carry, you know, physical do it, the opening of packs. And I think that was probably my aha moment of I've spent two months, a month kind of building a company, solving all these challenges. And now we have this digital version. And so I kind of just said, hey, this is a sunk cost. I've got rid of the company and put my time into Top Shop because I'm not going to go build something for tomorrow. I mean, for yesterday when this is clearly tomorrow. Yeah, I was I was just on the phone with a, one of the top venture capitalists talking about hey what what do we think happens to the card market now that Top Shot's here right and I, I don't know the answer I mean I'm a population of one but I can tell you I've been a lot less interested in cards in the last months or in the last month than than I than I was before um, so it's going to be really interesting I mean I haven't started selling yet but I thought maybe I should you know maybe I should kind of trust what's happening to me so I'm. Uh, I'm curious. I mean, cards are a lot of fun, but there's a there's something about top that it's just the friction is just so much less. I mean, seeing what happened after, I mean, I, so I made my first purchase on January 11th, um, and I remember then I would tell I kind of called some friends. And I'm like, I think there's a 35 percent chance this is bigger than sports cards in five years. Um, I think assets themselves could 10x. I think they could 100x. Um, I think they could go to zero. I think most likely they go to zero. This is back in January 11th. Made my purchases, actually identified a couple purchases. They were like two Devin Booker co uh, Cosmics at about 2K each. And as I kind of like thought about it, checked it with some friends who had been on there, just like trying to get some confidence to make my first purchase, they both went. I'm like, interesting. I went to Intangible Market and saw that those were the only two Cosmics that I sold. I'm like, huh, maybe I'm like able to identify where the value is here. Um, that was a bit encouraging, gave me a bit more confidence. I loaded in money to go get a John Morant Cosmic at 6,500. As I'm loading money, it went. The only other one to go. I'm like, okay, A, this is moving. And B, all right, I'm probably picking the right stuff now. Um, made my purchases, called some friends, um, ended up talking to Bales and Jennings about it. And we all had the idea to go after that jaw number one Cosmic. Um, conviction was kind of growing, but it was still around three to 5%. This is bigger than cars in three to five years. Um, we, bought that, we bought that Cosmic with the group and um, Bales wrote his article. And I mean, the rest is history, right? Just total hockey stick for for, um, for Top Shot. And over time, I'm like, okay, watching, I thought people were gonna have a lot more of a challenge with this kind of buying pieces of nothing. Um, I'm like, to me, it makes perfect sense. I've been buying sports cards 
I'm shipping all my cards to a vault. I hate that they're on cardboard, right? I don't want, I don't like any of the stuff that comes with the fact that it's on cardboard. I just want to invest in the players and invest in the narratives that I'm, that I'm choosing. Um, so I'm like, this is way better. It's, it takes away all the friction, but I didn't think the dive in would be so quick. And I'd been talking people's head off about cards for I don't know, six months at that point, right? And like a couple of friends who kind of got in at the same time as me, but for the most part, I'm like, guys, there's money here. Guys, there's money here. Guys, this is fun. People weren't doing anything. And most of my friends are sports fans who are kind of predisposed to this, right? Most of them wouldn't do anything. Um, when Bales wrote that article, it felt like two, three days later, and the entire daily fantasy sports community was obsessed with Top Shot. Right? I was like, hmm. So I started, my conviction started going up. I'm at, by the end of give it another month, I'm like, I'm telling people, I think there's a 20, 30% chance this is bigger than sports cards in three to five years. Um, and then I looked at the numbers of crypto sign one of those weekends and they did 48 million in sales in a, in a 24 hour period. I'm like, holy shit. I think this is bigger than sports cars today. Um, I should talk to probably the largest ticket broker a couple of weeks ago. And I asked him, he's as optimistic as anyone on, on cars, physical cards. Look, how many, what, what do you think the total of sales will be for sports cards in the next year? And his number was one to 2 billion. I'm like, all right, what's the math on 2 billion? 5.5 million a day. Top shots bigger right now than sports cards. That's crazy, right? I was as optimistic as anyone, and I was three to five years off. And one sport, one company, like, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. I mean, it's it, uh, the Greg Bettinelli, who was actually the lead investor in draft, um, and he's a good friend of mine, a venture capitalist that had up front, he used to be at eBay. He's an investor in GOAT, he's an investor in Rally Road. He's, he's really, he's probably the best marketplace investor there is. And he tweeted out, this is the fastest growing marketplace ever. Yep. Crazy. It really, it really has been. I, so my, my personal story, I, it was probably January, like 20th, maybe Justin, when we got into it, it was somewhere in like, we were 48 hours after bail. I remember the first 24 hours yeah, when I was man. talking to Peter about it on Twitter and kind of going back and forth. The, the second half of, of January is literally a blur, but, but my experience was that, you know, I heard about it, signed up, read the Bales thing. Obviously, any anytime, you know, guys like yourself and Bales get into something, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to do my due diligence here. And, I mean, that first night when I logged in, just the amount of volume of transactions that I saw going on, I was just like, I mean, this is this is it. This is going to be huge. And I kind of made a spur-of-the-moment decision of like, you know what, I don't want to miss the boat on this. Moved a bunch of my crypto that I had over to my Top Shot account. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I just know that anything I buy right now is probably going to be worth a lot more very soon. So I'm just going to oh, act yeah. now, think later. And and that was my that was my approach of just like, hey, I, I'm, you know, because I, I feel like I've seen opportunities in the past and then been like, oh, this seems interesting. Let me wait and see if it works out. And then yeah. in this market, I mean, if I waited a week, it would have been, it would have killed me. So right. I, I'm definitely happy with uh, with my yeah, decision to, to especially send, send, spend an all-nighter just buying a bunch of random top shots, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Right, and everything from there is up, what, 10x at this point? Yeah, it's been it's been a wild wild ride. <laughs> Obviously, things have been been pulling back a bit from the general marketplace over the past couple of hmm. weeks, but I think that it's it's good for the, the long-term health of it. And I, I, was, I was checking out your account, right? And you probably have one of the more unique accounts because you've only owned 25 moments. And those moments are worth, according to, to this site that I'm looking at, 1.3 million. So you clearly made the play to go into to some of the, the higher end moments, and I, which I, that comes out to 52,000 I know based on, average. on an offer I got that that's undercounting by probably about a million dollars. Oh, for sure. Because that's right. This is not even it, it doesn't factor, it doesn't factor your serial numbers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great point. Oh, yeah. Because like your Zion one. is just showing as the lowest ask. Right. And you have equity in the Jaw one. Yeah. So it's... uh looking good and then so how, how much how much of this like i know that you have invested with mm -hmm. with friends and some so how much how much of this are you you guys approaching like as a group versus as individuals if, if you're willing to share if not that's also yeah totally, totally. Cool. no most of um i've got splits all over the place on it um it's kind of it's just fun to do this stuff with friends um i think for most of the like in my account, I think the only moments that I have splits on are the Zion and the LeBron. In total, I've got a piece of four LeBron Cosmics. Um, that's kind of the piece that I've gone after. I'm like, I remember when I first got in and I'm 
pretty quickly, I'm like, these are going to be worth a million dollars in a year. Um, when I was part of the group that just bought the one for 208K, what, three or so weeks ago under Jesse's account, um, I, if I had to guess, I would say in three years, that's worth $20 million. Um, and the logic is just looking at, it, are, like, thinking through patterns we've seen over and over again, the digital always ends up bigger than the physical, right? It's just like we've seen that over and over again. And take Uber as an example. People early on were like, oh, what, how, what's the market cap of, or the, or the total size of the taxi cab industry? That's Uber ceiling. And Uber's got to be 10x, if not larger than that, right? And so we've seen that over and over, and we're seeing the growth and how quick this is moving of just, this has a chance to be way bigger than sports cards, not just akin to sports cards. And so you think about, all right, what's the most valuable LeBron? It's probably the upper deck exquisite rookie. Um, I think, well, there's probably one that's numbered to 23 and one that's numbered to 99, I think. The top grade of the, of the rarest one probably would sell for, I don't know, 10 million right now. Like, okay, so if that's the case, then what's the digital worth? Because it's probably going to be worth more. Um, so obviously I'm, uh, I'm quite bullish on these. And, and that's, that's why I think I made, I've actually made a couple sales because I got gifted some random uh, moments when I was doing Club Top Shot. And then I looked at my account, I'm like, wait, these are worth like 70 bucks? What, like a Nikola Vucevic, uh, uh, DeMarcus Cousins? Like, get these out of my account. And now I'm kind of regretting it. I, I kind of wish I'd never made a sale. Um, and had my account and having never had a sale would be pretty fun. That would have really brought down your average moment value, though. So completely understood. That's a good point. Um, yeah, and so there's actually there's something I'm going to have to shout. I'm going. I should shout out because I've been meaning to do this. Um, a friend of mine started a charity to donate moments, um, and I am planning to donate a moment. Um, so I realized I've been meaning to get on top of that. It's called shotsforshots.org. Um, so if you're charitably inclined, yep, say that again, there, uh, shotsforshots.org. Um, and I'll, I'll share it out on Twitter also. Um, I just haven't had a chance to kind of run through. I believe it's for kind of helping underprivileged people get the vaccine. Um, and, um, yeah, that's announced. PPE cool. testing and vaccine. So shotsforshots.org. And if you're feeling inclined, go donate in a moment. Love that. Very cool. This, this is what you should have done for the uh, the, the Vukovic and the, the gift ones. I know. I, I wish <laughs> I had those, but now it just means I got to do something more valuable. Yeah. The one downside is right now gifting is actually disabled as a functionality for the site uh, because it's the number one method for bots and multi-accounters to share items. So uh, I'm hoping that the site finds a way to solve that for reasons like this, which is amazing for giveaways and such, and right. just kind of people who are working with friends. Um, so love the idea. It will definitely help promote we'll to, this. We'll have to share um, it out one, once gifting is back. Exactly, we will. Yeah, that's that's awesome stuff. Really, really good good cause there. I, uh, I did see, my uh, question. Oh, oh, go go for it. No, go for it. Yeah. So. We were talking about uh, cereal and stuff, and so it's coming from mm -hmm. someone who comes from the physical card market yeah. where if you're one out of 99 or 999, it really doesn't matter, uh, and yep. 20 definitely doesn't matter from 80. Mm -hmm. Here, very different. How have you kind yep. of adapted your strategy? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I own maybe the premium like jer serial number, jersey number piece, right? It's got both going for it with the Zion, but I actually, I mean, my first my first evaluation of the market um and to be honest i haven't done i i don't like i can't tell you what's going on in the marketplace at all right now i'm honestly i'm on there once every couple of weeks at best for two minutes um, so i don't like i don't have the details of what's been happening i haven't spent a lot of time running any sort of advanced data or anything um but my initial my initial thesis was that this will trend towards cards as it grows because people the people who are going to put the next wave of capital in have some experience in sports cards and they're going to kind of apply sports cards rules to this. It's interesting because when I got into sports cards, I kind of had a bit of a different thesis, which is the rules are going to change because sports cards are about to see 10 X the participants over the course of three or so years. But I think it's probably already four X in a year. Um, and as new people come in, 
there's like the old collectors have agreed on a set of rules, but as new people come in, those rules are going to change. And so I gravitated towards some of these cars that were pretty or, or unique in different ways. These untraditional rookies, um, the Michael Jordan Nike promo that's got him doing the jump man or the rock rookie card um, or these pretty kaboom cards. I'm like, that's where I gravitated. And those have been some of my best purchases. Um, in Top Shot, I kind of thought the opposite of, hey, sports card money is going to come into this. So the rules will trend towards sports cards. So that meant a couple of things to me. One, don't overpay relative to serial number. Um, I do think more than sports cards, it will like, we'll see a premium way more than sports cards. Sports cards, probably for Jersey number, number one, when things are serial numbered, we'll see a 5% premium, right? I expect Top Shot will always be higher than that, but I think it will trend from where it is, continue to trend from where it is towards not matter. Um, now, that said, I still paid 100K for the Zion, and I thought, look, this right. is the jersey number. This is a, this is number one, but it's also that Zion. There's a second kind of thesis I developed pretty quickly. Um, I had Alec help me with um, putting together a spreadsheet to compare the co- the players in Cosmic to um, to 2019 Prism, right? Because I'm like, all right, that's the premium sport, the card product. So this is a 2019 set. So let's look at how these prices should kind of compare multiple wise. We set LeBron's Cosmic and you can change it. I think we set it like 150K. It's like, this is worth 150K right now. Um, at the time, it was probably 100 when we first looked at it, whatever, moved it around. And if that's 150K, apply the multiples of where LeBron's Prism, 2019 Prism is to everyone else's. And you get Luca at 150K also, because that's his second year. And you get a premium for a player's second year. Then the next highest player is like Giannis at 15K or something, um, except for John and Zion, the rookies. And they're both 1.2 million on that metric, right? And so it's like that screams rookies. Um, but then there's an argument to be made, hey, that's everyone's first set. So it's everybody's rookie. So we took everyone's premier rookie prism for if they have a top chrome, if they don't, if they didn't have a prism and kind of did that same multiple looking at just the rookies. Um, and then, so LeBron's 150 and the next highest is Durant at like 20 K. Right. And so that just screams LeBron. Um, so that kind of turned my thesis into LeBron and rookies. And that's, I think if you look at my account, I mean, I bought the bookers and Tatum's and some early that were just like, these feel way underpriced relative to where everyone is in the marketplace. And I was just kind of trying to buy. Um, and those have all done maybe better in multiple cause got those early and got those low, but like. Even today, without knowing what's going on in the market, when people say, what do I buy? I say LeBron rookies right. um, and Series 1 or rookies. I think it's interesting because that is definitely a very physical card-centered strategy. And mm-hmm. because without a doubt, the rookies and the absolute elite like LeBron just have ridiculously more value. And even the other extreme is the Sabanis, the Vukovic. Um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they made All-Star game, but for the regular card market, those players that, you know, there are some that just aren't worth anything. So bonus has actually had an interesting run, but, okay. but yeah, it's, I mean, look, I had the experience of like, I don't know, towards the end of summer, I got back into cards. I went back home with my parents and went and got the cards out of the attic and like spent that in, an entire night, just like looking up all the cards I thought might have value. And Jesus, my top 40 cards were $800. Right. And I spent right. my entire childhood collecting and you just realize all these people, we were so excited about stuff on Marbury, Carrie Kittles, even Ray Allen, a Hall of Famer. Like, they're worth nothing. Absolutely nothing, right? You got to have LeBron, Kobe, or Jordan going back to kind of those periods of time, right? And just nothing else matters. It's like, I don't know, is, I mean, like, Bisbeth Mayombo is not going to be worth anything in 20 years. We know that. Yet some of because they're still trading at what? Three, four, five K or whatever. But like, I don't know. Are the... Are those middle tier players going to be worth anything? Is it Victor Oladipo? I think I even have some of these. I think he is undervalued and maybe he'll get traded and there'll be a spike. But like, is anyone going to remember him in 15 years? That I was just, I was just seeing that. You got a Victor Oladipo Cosmic for $780, which just sounds so crazy right now. Right. Any Cosmic for $780 bucks is, is wild. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I definitely agree with your thesis there, especially on the the high end moments, like the long-term value of the LeBron LeBron's always going to be LeBron. It doesn't matter who comes, who comes next. Like he's going to be top one, two, three player. In, and especially ever, on this no where it's series one and it's LeBron, yeah. the year he won a championship. I don't know if that matters or not much, but like, I mean, 
series one, I do think it's just like that will continue to accrue value as this continues to grow. Um, so I think, I mean, look, everyone who's listening to this, we're all investing at the right time. People, I've had a lot of people say, am I too late? No, no way. You know, if this thing, this thing is on pace, that something would have to come and change the pace. But if not, we're in the first inning, we're in the second inning. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is um, how much we base, because if we believe that this market is going to be so much larger than the card market, not only from active participants, but just the amount of kind of people interested in it, I personally believe that it'll create its own new rules rather than the card mm-hmm. market impact. Sure. I think early on, I, I agreed with you because I was more of, okay, well, the card market's just going to come into this and that's kind of going to be a, at the least a blend. But I think more I'm feeling is this actually has its own market. If anything, it blends more with the NFTs. And you think we were talking crypto pumps earlier, there's 10,000 of them. There's without a doubt a floor. And no matter how ugly that is, no matter how many just three dreads of hair it has, like there still has that floor of value. And so that's where it's interesting is how is that going to apply to the um, you know, top shot ecosystem from player wise. I think with S1, we know that that floor exists just from a kind of historical stance of like being that first. Um, I think beyond that, it's a question of what we're actually going to see. And maybe like, why were those Ray Allens not valuable? Why were those kind of second, third tier players? Like, did it have to do with, oh, you have you know, the actual physical card, the cost to ship them, like people just weren't buying? And like, are those frictions that are solved? And maybe that's a small thing. And maybe that's just a, the way it is and the way it's always been, but it's different. And so I I think it's really interesting. And like, I'm just cautioning that there's a lot of different viewpoints that we can have here. And I think that's why it's great to have, obviously, someone that comes from that physical card market. Um, And I think my, it's why these these markets are so fun because no one knows the answers. We're all, their theses and plenty will be right and plenty will be wrong. And it's going to write its own rules, no doubt. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, hey, there are inefficiencies out there. We just don't know what they are. Make your bets and go for it. Yeah. I'm and we sure have the... so many people have so many different strategies that all work. And it's the same thing in physical cards, too. There are so many different approaches you can take to make money. Right. And there's this kind of mantra of like, buy what you love, which it's something I believe in. We're like, do what makes sense to you. Do what you like. I've always believed, hey, if I like something, I think I'm an early adopter, but a normal enough early adopter where people are going to come and follow. Um, and so I've, I've kind of done well trusting my gut of what interests me. And I mean, that was, why did I buy that piece of art for 45 years or whatever I did? I, I have zero, like, I have no idea what, and like, I think most NFTs won't hold value long-term. I think the sports ones will. I think CryptoPunks will because they are, we're first built that narrative and they're so limited. I think some art will, but I've, I have no idea how to evaluate an artist. I'm like, you know what? I've, when I like stuff, it normally works. I actually had picked that artist out in that piece specifically out of the night of the Super Bowl and sent it to some friends who are like deep in that world and been like, hey, what do you think about this? And they're kind of, I got lukewarm, like nothing exciting in responses. It was like, I probably could have had it for five to 80 then. And then two weeks later, I saw this guy's stuff start selling for 20 to 40 ETH. And I'm like, holy shit, I kind of picked right. And he's now, I think the top artist on Super Rare. That, that was a kind of interesting thing for me. Of like, I know nothing about this, but I came on, I think I like best. He wasn't that popular yet and boom. I um, see a question from the chat and I can actually answer this for him. If you missed the introduction and all of the things that TJ rattled off, uh, <laughs> I just don't think Jeremy has the time to really commit to uh, the, the daily grind. If you see me start selling a lot, then question if I don't find the market. Um, God, if I could find efficient ways to put money into the market right now, I would. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what's a, what's I think Alex someone doing? that's sitting on multiple millions of uh, of moments is not is not bearish on the future of Top Shot. <laughs> but yeah, if you missed the beginning, go back. You'll hear my twenty bullet list of all the things that Jeremy has going on. So I mean, let me drop yeah, a, a, a news moment. I guess there's no reason to, to hold this one in confidence. Um, I've been offered a million dollars for that for the Zion number one. That is breaking so, news. If I, if I if I wasn't confident, that would be sold. <laughs> so what was your what was your wow. process for evaluating that offer? I don't really want to sell. I, I, I think it's going to be worth a lot more. I mean, look, Zion has a lot more risk to him 
than um, than a LeBron, right? So that is the reason I would sell a Zion. Like I wouldn't want to sell a LeBron cosmic right now. I mean, right, someone. And it, the thing is, like, because the market's being created and the the it's being kind of ridden right now. If someone offered that, well, that's what it's worth now in a way, right? So it's like, it would be hard for me to sell a LeBron cosmic because I'm so bullish on on top shot on dapper on the platform on the assets long term zion's one word i've also got to evaluate is he gonna stay healthy is he gonna have a great career is he gonna turn into a hall of famer if so then i definitely shouldn't sell is he gonna get hurt next year well obviously i should sell that so there, there's that kind of calculus there what i think is really interesting is so pranks just had an auction of mm -hmm. the zion number one and that was the rated rookie uh or their uh, rookie debut, rookie debut. um Top of my head, I can't think of how many there were. Maybe 250 in the rookie debut? Two, yeah, 275, yeah. Okay, so something around that. And that went for, I think, 180K, about that. There was a buyer yeah. premium and stuff. Um, and that's an auction. So that's open, you know, open to anyone. And so if we see that that went for a little less than 200, yeah, breaking news. Good job, producer Coop. Good job, producer Coop. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> we are now saying... We're saying that the number one cosmic is worth at number least. one hollow, by the way. We got that. We got to edit that. Uh, here we go. We got people <laughs> in the chat. I'll give you one more. Someone in the chat will give you 1.2 million. This there is you great. Go. Let's start a live auction. You guys have a live auction platform here? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, Jeremy. Um, that says whiskey, though. He's a tequila man, and oh, we can get into that. So that's going to have to say no to that offer. Um, yeah, I've had people tell me, like, I, when I. When I bought that moment, Prague team messaged me. He's like, hey, you should buy my rookie debut too. It's more valuable. I'm like, it is? I would think this one of 49 is way more valuable. Um, I've had people, one person who is doing a lot better in this market than just about anyone else is, is on the top 10 list tell me that they think it's about 5x. And I've had someone else who's been here way earlier than I was tell me it's 6 to 8x. Um, or they think that the hollow is 6 to 8. So I've heard 5 to 8x. Um, and then I've heard Prankzy say that the rookie debut is actually worth more. So we'll see. <laughs> I believe that the market dictates and the market has dictated that it's at least 5X plus right. based off an offer here and an auction there. So there you go. Right. There um, you go. We got a 1.2 million offer now, so 6X. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's an accredited investor. Yeah. Uh, that was a solid offer. It happened here. Uh, too funny. Maybe um, if we uh, get into the tequila business a little longer, you might accept 1.4. We'll see. That was, that, was, that was big news right there because I feel like you know, there's been a ton of speculation of like, oh, these moments are going going to be worth a million. But like, right. apparently they, they could already be worth a million today if there was a seller that was willing to to part with some of those top, top tier moments. So that odds is pretty awesome to hear. Odds Shark, I believe it was Odds Shark had um, that available saying whether or not a moment will sell for more than 250K this year. And for some reason, over 250K was actually um, the underdog um and so they believe that it wouldn't now i'm sure this is just a random line you're not going to be able to put much money on it if anything but it's just interesting to see that and obviously that would have to be on site and it's dependent upon the cap of 250k being increased and so forth mm -hmm. but i know that like jack settlement was always saying like he was going to sell his and let me think he has the number one or the number 23 23 he, i think he yeah. went jersey and some yeah i'm trying to yeah. think who went number one and who went 23 but he has the number 23 uh, LeBron and his plan was I'm going to sell this LeBron for a million dollars. I don't think it's the cosmic. I think he's got the the Kobe. The Kobe? He's got the yeah, the hollow, right? The, okay. No, it's the. Or I was not even the hollow. It's the Kobe tribute. I forget what set that is. Throwdown or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's him doing the Kobe tribute dunk. It there's that's been people have talked about. Uh, there's a lot of conversation. What is the most valuable moment? And it, there's probably. I mean, I guess the, the considerations could be the 1 or 23 Cosmic or Hollow, um, the 23 or 8 from the top, or the, the Zion number 1 Cosmic or Hollow. Um, yeah. I think those are probably things that are in the running for the, the most valuable moment. I think there's one other because the 23, and, you know, if there is only 49 or 50 of them, or I think, you know, one of the Hollow was a Roar Challenge, there's only like 32. There's not a double jersey in there. So if you have the opportunity to get his this number guy. six and his number 23, so serial number 623 for LeBron, and there's only seven of them on the marketplace, I'm pretty sure that has to be at least top one 
for most valuable in the marketplace. Maybe top seven because there's mm. seven. Just throwing it you out. Should, you should go after that one. I, my, my guess is other people aren't thinking quite that way. No, he already oh, did. Have, That's why I'm pumping it now. Oh, you have. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I see how you're thinking. <laughs> oh, too funny. Got to pump yeah. those backs. Good, good, good stuff there. Um, I, yeah, I, I have just want to acknowledge. Have seen some some strategy type questions in the chat. We're not going to be diving into that tonight. Justin and I actually before this show recorded our strategy podcast, so that will be coming to you guys tomorrow. So we're not going to touch on any of that tonight. Instead, I think what we have, you know, Justin, I think you've got a little Jeremy. We know we know that you've got you know a relationship with with Mr. Mark Cuban. Obviously, Cuban is is very popular for. His, for many things, but one of the things is is the show Shark Tank, and I think that what we're going to do next here is a little fun segment where Justin is going to to pitch a Shark Tank idea style that he has to you. So Justin, if you are prepared, I wish I should have prepared better and had like the you know the Shark Tank music to introduce you in here, but uh, <laughs> everyone can play that in their head because they're probably familiar with it. And Justin, go ahead and and pitch Jeremy on your idea here and see if it's something that that he'd be willing to invest in. Okay. So wow. Jeremy, I, um, I own a company called under puppy, we'll call it. And okay. I have an idea for a product where in addition to, it's going to be a DFS style, you know, uh, company there's already, it's really successful, great user experience. Uh, you can play head to head you can play GPPs. I think if you win a GPP, you receive a commemorative NFT. Or if you win X amount of leagues of head to heads, instead of, uh, you know, traditional gamification of leveling up, you get commemorative NFTs. Um, is this something that you think a company like Underdog <laughs> Under Puppy would be a good? Oh, you better bet we've had these conversations. I don't know. If, I'm sure you've seen. We've been. We've added some kind of avatar achievements, right? So you can during Christmas you win something, you get a reindeer nose. Um, and there's a lot of different ones we've done. I'm like, hmm. What if we mint NFTs of these? Um, I actually help, help me think through it because I think the counter argument is like, all right, if you win a contest and you get an NFT for that contest, specifically that contest, is that really like pretty weird to buy someone else's trophy, right? Like, is so that valuable think, in an old market or is it just a fun commemorative for a person to own? I think it's commemorative. I think it's like, yeah. um, so I don't think I'd be able to try, I'd try to sell them or anything like that. I think it's more of a gamification that it makes yeah. it a bit more real. So like that reindeer nose is whatever, but like, you know, I can actually own an NFT if I take it off underdog, I can take it somewhere else. I can right. maybe FanDuel DraftKings also starts having some as well. Um, right. you know, if you think so, TJ, wherever. yeah, TJ part-time does like Roto Grinders um, mm-hmm. and is a contributor there. And what they have is their ranking page and they give out badges yep. for based off your ranking, based off of you won, made a finals and stuff. I think each of these sites should do it. And this isn't a product. I mean, this isn't like a profitability thing. It's not like me, I'm going to go try to sell this, but it allows me to more own like my accomplishments and kind of show them off. I like that. Yeah. My, my first thought I was like, first of all, let's do it. And the, the dog avatar and the different things you're doing with that are the perfect vehicle. I'm like kind of each of our employees should have one, right? It's kind of a cool thing to have. And then I'm like, all right, but not really valuable to someone else. It's just valuable to you. And that's something that's going to be interesting to see if it develops with NFTs of, it feels like so much of it right now is about trading marketplace, buying, selling, investing. Um, but I do imagine it will shift a lot more towards kind of self-expression the way avatars and games are. Um, so yeah, that's a, we'll do it. And I, you know, I'll, I'll, I, we'll I, add I, that to the roadmap. Hopefully we need someone who knows how to mint things, but I gather that's not quite difficult these days. Um, just get on OpenSea and do it. If Lindsay Lohan can do it, I think you can figure it out, Jeremy. All right. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're on it. I like it. And, and you know, what I could see is, so we had Alex Baker, Osimo on the stream not too long ago, and he's got, you know, his content site. I could see something like, you know what, he wins a live championship or something, and he gives a fractional investment to like each of his people that were, you know, subscribers or something. And now you actually like own a bit of it because while you, know, you feel like you were on the team, like you were working with Osimo, right. you were part of that community. Um, I think there is a kind of not trying to profit completely and you know we're yeah. not trying to just make it make it you know flip a buck but just the idea of a community aspect is cool yeah no i like it i like it a lot under puppy it is we got it uh, under, puppy, we go. under puppy avatars <laughs> <laughs> all righty hey we're coming we're coming up on an hour here but we we have to and and no better way to finish the show than to talk to some tequila here jeremy 
seems like the yeah is, is this the number one thing that you have going on right now is your your tequila company i it, I, I know very little about it other than you know uh, it, it, you're basically turtle from entourage that's about yeah, you know what i picture uh, we'll, we'll see if i can build a business as, as big as his on there that went well um yeah i mean it's been it's been a really fun project um to be working on i mean i've been at it over two years now um but just kind of learning tequila has always been my favorite drink or for a long time been my favorite alcohol to drink. Um, just kind of always felt better when I drank it. Started to learn that almost every mass market tequila out there has chemical additives in it. Um, and that just didn't feel right to me, right? And so many people are drinking tequila because they're learning it's the cleanest, healthiest alcohol you can drink. But there was no brand really speaking to that. So I thought that was a great opportunity. Um, and just kind of started exploring around that. Um, and kind of the more we got into it, the more we fell in love with the process and the juice and and the spirit and um, we're really close to launching and it's going to be we're, we're doing some really innovative stuff I think Brian who's one of my co-founders who was the creative director at Draft he built an absolutely amazing brand I mean I think we've made the best tequila the best stuff I've ever had and, and I've tried I think all the good stuff out there right now and um, we're gonna the branding's amazing I think the opportunity is spot on we're gonna do some innovative stuff with e-commerce um, so pretty soon you'll be able to purchase it online get it shipped to you within a couple of days. Um, so I'm excited to get that into the world for sure. Oops, I keep losing my light here. <laughs> Jeremy, how about our friend selling his company, uh, Drizzly, for 1.1 billion? Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that is a that's an alcohol sale right there. That's a that's a tech alcohol. I mean, it's been interesting because it's been clear to me that there's just such an opportunity on the technology side of alcohol, and that's the obviously first bit really big transaction there. And there's there's going to be more to come. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Definitely, definitely really cool to hear about all your different experiences, all the, the different things that, that you're involved in. Justin, any, any final things you wanted to, to make sure that we touched on with Jeremy before? I mean, I think we got to end the show opening a pack. Yeah. Oh yeah. I actually have, we realized this right before the show, I own 997 moments. So if we include an opening of a pack, that makes it a thousand. That's wow. uh, that's that's big. That's, that's big. Dude. This is going to be a monumental monumental pack opening. Let's uh, let's fire it up. Justin. Can I can I say something crazy? I've actually never opened a pack before in my own account. Never <laughs> never bought a pack. Never opened a pack. You that's think you not, ever will? It's not won't even bother. <laughs> I w- I would love to. Um, but I don't. I'm. It's going to be tough to spend hours on a Saturday there to, to get one. So we'll see. We'll see what comes with that. But I have a feeling they'll try some different methods, and and I'll open a pack at some day. Yeah. What's Alec doing? Uh, can he uh, wait in line? Or we, we tried that at one point, but there's, uh, I don't know, waiting for four hours for a pack. <laughs> that uh, that method, I think, will change over time. Yeah, I think uh, if you can, you know, if you are able to get one of those kind of legendary, even the rares, like it makes it a little more worth it. But uh, right, right, it, right, it, right. it's I a hard know that, I don't know that any of those have really come recently, right? Like those, yeah, that, uh, I'll, I'll wait on Saturday for a legendary probably. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, hey, I hear some guys uh, at the moment do some live streams during those, have some fun, rip some beers, okay. and come back on as we're waiting in line. Tequila. We're only drinking tequila, but I'll be there. Yeah. There you, you go. Got my address. <laughs> Love it. Okay. All right, Justin, let's, uh, let's open, open her up. Let's see. Okay, you know what? Let's do – we're going to go back in time. We're going Series 2 release nine which has like a significantly higher chance of potentially having the rookies it's a higher concentration i think this ev is probably a few hundred dollars right now your screen um, why is your screen like miniature your screen's like really small hmm, okay. i think there we go that's okay, more think, normal oh <laughs> uh, because i had it on the wide screen okay got it got it there we go there we go all right let's get this going we'll hope that the sound is good Oh gosh, are you serious? Yeah. You can't what? open a pack right now? What blue balls? No. Yeah. Why? Undergoing maintenance. Ah. Oh, I hate when this happens. Yep. <laughs> undergoing maintenance for <laughs> Another wow. night, just no pack for Jeremy. Blame it on him. We're gonna never, yeah. never, never, never done it. <gasps> wow. oh, too I'm, funny. I've I've seen the experience a couple times, but we'll just have to bring all, you back I mean, on then. And we'll do it during let's do it. Uh, let's get our so let's get a legendary line. and then and then uh um this all just shows like these are I mean, 
there's so much they they aren't even doing growth activities right they're fo focused on scaling and there's so much that they'll be able to unlock and just things will work more seamlessly when the, they're able to have the marketplace open 24 7 right and, and packs you can always open it's just yeah. that's all what makes me so bullish about this is going to just continue to grow and as they do growth activities there's so many levers they can pull to grow this thing and i think i think we're still in the very early days yeah and i know you've had a bunch of conversations with rohan kind of especially in your early days of really diving mm -hmm. in um kind of what would your, you take there like what was your kind of uh you know so what you've obviously worked with a lot of founders you've worked yeah. with a lot of teams no they seem to have a really talented team and i mean look they're they're handling insane unprecedented scale right like this is for an early stage company. I mean, they're, they're, the stuff they're dealing with is challenging. Um, so I kind of understand a lot of it. And look, we've had being a daily fantasy operator, there's similarities in fraud and customer support and, and payments. And so I emphasize, I empathize a lot with what, with what they're having to deal with. And I think they've done a, a really good job kind of getting this platform to here where it could take off the way it did. Um, and I think just, I've got a lot of confidence that there's a lot more coming for this. I love that. Even if not everyone is into the hardcore and the game aspect of it, we won't get too much into that, but I know you were a little more bearish on the, uh, the, the game component of Top Shot. Yeah, well, I, it's something, I mean, I, I've played some so rare, bottom, bottom cards, moments, whatever they call them, so rare recently, which is a soccer version. Um, and I don't like that it's a game. I don't want to play a game. I want to I wanna invest. I want to invest in players. I want to have the narrative in a free market. I think there's a game that creates a rubric, right? And I'm never going to be the best at the rubric. And once you're like, you can be perfect at the rubric, but you kind of can't be better than perfect at the rubric. And the rubric to how things should be valued. Um, and just a free market is way more interesting to me. And I think there, you can absolutely build a massive game. But I think the overlap between people who want to play a game and people who want to collect and invest is not, it's not one-to-one. -one. And I think the market of people who want to, invest in things they love is way bigger and way bigger opportunity yeah i mean it goes against your uh what 15 year old plan to create the stock market for athletes the, sport, the sports stock market um that wasn't really i mean that was a marketplace we actually called the things back in 2009 my, my first company started street right out of college we created things we called virtual assets and god i wish blockchain existed back then um <laughs> But it's, it's actually like, it's eerie to see kind of how similar some of the things happening now, both with sports cards and with Top Shot. Um, actually in 2017, when I learned what NFTs were from my good friend, Nick Tomeno, who was employee of Five at Coinbase and runs this one confirmation venture fund, which is an amazing fund. Um, I was at a dinner with him. He was explaining NFTs. I think they were just, just like ERC 721 had just been created, I think. And um, I'm like, dude, sports cards on the blockchain, like that's such an obvious opportunity. I actually um, helped a friend of mine who was one of the early employees at Draft, Gianni, create Crypto Strikers. And um, God, I wish he stuck with that because that was a very early incarnation of what we're seeing today. Three years ago. Yeah, that was two, three years ago. Totally. Totally. They launched it for the World Cup in 2018, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, well, Jeremy, thank you very much for your time. This has been fantastic. Obviously, it's always enjoyable to talk to you. And, uh, learn from someone and get your perspective that's uh i think very different from a lot of the people who are you know don't have the either background don't have the operator world experience and uh still a major investor and you're not living the grind i uh I, i'm jealous sometimes <laughs> yeah awesome right, awesome show really appreciate it any uh if there's any final you know things that that you want to plug or any of the the charities that you're involved in i think that yeah that's a really impactful thing cool yeah everyone we'll, we'll for those that missed it earlier yeah. shotsforshots.org charity where you can donate moments very very good cause i'll definitely be checking it out yeah. donating some moments myself and uh yeah any final words jeremy before we close the show yeah no thank, thank you guys this has been fun i'm, I'm jerry living on twitter i'm sure everyone here knows that so hit me up for whatever follow me there and uh let's keep uh, let's keep enjoying top shot and, and all that comes all right. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. We will be uh, getting getting this out, and then we'll also be releasing our strategy pod that Justin and I recorded earlier for those of you that are, are looking for more of that spin. So thanks to everyone that spent this night with us. Thanks to Jeremy for being an awesome, awesome guest. 
And with that, we will close out the show. So on behalf of Justin, on behalf of Producer Coop behind the scenes, and on behalf of our special guest, Jeremy, we will see you guys next time.